This, that is Lydia. And we are also here with Iris Michelle Laksamana. Yes. Hello. Welcome. I am Iris. To, <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to the We Turned, Turned Out Fine podcast. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. yeah. So um, Iris is a friend of mine and we became friends about a year ago, huh? Like a, a little over a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I know, right? You know, I was just, I went to church at St. Teresa, which is like, I passed by the theater where we oh, yeah. did Noises Off this morning. Because, Inspiration stage? Yes. Um, That's kind of far, huh? Um, no, it was like 15 minutes from here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I passed by my stage and was like, oh, and I'm going to see Lydia tonight. Yeah. And, and, I, and I honestly, I tell people all the time that like, you know, you bond with like casts and stuff. Oh, yeah. But like I've I've not kept in touch and like, really like grown to like love and like stay in touch with a group of people like that cast it's crazy mm-hmm. so. and I, I love that you said that because actually the first guest episode that we did was with Bethany LaRue and and Matt and as we said with Bethany on that episode um she and I met through Sweeney Todd so yeah. I love that you are just one more example of how theater brings people together and can create friendships like lasting friendships um yeah. in a way that uh, is sort of rare and very special. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being my friend. You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> we went on a little tangent there, but I was going to say that um, that I just like became immediately like drawn to you as a as a person and a human being because we met through um, as you said noises off, and uh, and you were playing the role of Poppy, the stage manager, and I was helping out with some dialect consulting for that, and. Um, and then we became friends on Facebook, and as soon as I saw that you were doing a one-woman show, I was like, this girl is someone I need to have in my life. Because first of all, it's rare for anyone... Sorry, we have dogs. Iris and I are both dog moms. Naomi is a cat mom. Uh, but Iris just recently became not only a dog mom, but a puppy mom. Yeah. So that's a whole... That's a whole oh my god, that was so cute. I know. <laughs> so it's a whole new journey and stuff. Uh, so... First of all, anyone <laughs> anyone who does a one-person anything, you know what I mean? Like a one-person show, be it like theater or, <laughs> or comedy, whatever it may be. I find that very, very impressive because just all of the work that has to go into that to not only have a, a creative vision and a creative concept, but then to be able to bring it to life and put it out on stage. So you did a, a whole one... It, and the other thing I was going to say is that was in the first place. The second place is you're a woman. And not only that, you're a very young woman. So the fact that like I saw, like, oh, she's doing a one-woman show at her age. Wait, what? <laughs> she wrote her own show and is being produced. <laughs> and then I happened to know the director just yeah. like through some other theater friends. Um, and I was like, I got to go see this. And I went to see your one-woman show, Divine Mercy Witness. I don't want to talk too much about that because I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that okay. towards the end since okay. it is being produced once again. Yes. Um, <laughs> but all I will say for the moment is that um, just everything about how you were expressing and sharing yourself, your life, and who you are as a human being on that stage mm-hmm. was just like, I was just incredibly drawn and felt like you were sharing your heart and like my heart was able to... <laughs> was able to like appreciate 
I don't know. It was like I was, um, yeah, it was just, um, you know that, that saying in yoga of like the light in me, the light in love yes. in me, or the, the, the face of God in me reflects the Ooh, face of God in I you? Haven't, have people said that in yoga class? I've heard, it depends on which classes you go no to, way. but I like hearing all the different ways. The, 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 the divine in me sees the, the yeah, divine the, in you. The Ooh, divine that's light one of my favorite words, reflects clearly. the divine light yeah. in you. Yeah, I love also yeah, saying, the, saying the divine <gasps> as a uh, yes. synonym for well, God. We're all getting yes. soulgasm right yes. now. Oh, yes. And so that's actually, that's perfect because that's a, another perfect description of what you were giving me. A soulgasm. During your one I woman show, you were that. giving me a soulgasm. I love that. Oh. Anyway, so, and then um, you're also, but okay, so aside from being actor, writer, this creator, performer, you're a choreographer, you're a dancer, you're a singer because you incorporated dance and song into your one woman show. Um, yeah. You're also... A huge advocate for fair trade. Yes. You're also a total Potterhead and obsessed with Harry Potter, <laughs> which is another thing that, that we're also obsessed about. Yeah. And so, yes, it definitely just felt like the universe was like, here's a person for you to definitely like get along with and yeah. be excited about all kinds of things with. So yes. we yeah. are so, so happy and excited to have you on the podcast. <laughs> okay. So with all of that being said, you are also now working at St. Thomas Youth Academy. I want to let you speak. I'm doing too much speaking. Okay. Would you tell us a bit about just like your from high school to St. Thomas University to St. Thomas Youth Academy? Would you talk a bit about that? So actually, it's not St. Thomas Youth Academy. It's St. Thomas More Catholic Parish School. Oh, shit. My bad. I don't know if... I may have saw that just on the event for the thing and then assumed that that was where you were working. For what thing? The sh- isn't that where your show is going to be? Um, okay, Am so... No, 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 you're not tripping. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is... I'm, I'll, I'll explain. Um, my parish... It's going to be at my parish, which is St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church. Um, and, like, the on the Facebook group, it or the Facebook location for... Divine Mercy Witness is coming up is it says St. Thomas Aquinas Youth. Gotcha. Um, just because they're like on Facebook that's what the address is listed under. Like it's not like you can't our church isn't listed on Facebook. It's just listed as our youth ministry I've on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know what you're saying. So I was just like okay let me just put this as the location. <laughs> but yeah that's the church that I grew okay, up in was St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church. Then of course, I went to HSPVA um, all throughout, like going through mini- through youth ministry at St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, and HSPVA is High School for Performing and Visual Arts, now Kinder High School for Performing and Visual Arts. Um, I did not go to the new facility downtown, <laughs> um, but I went to the one in Montrose, which is oh, you didn't know that no, they have a new facility. They have a new facility like in the theater district, so they nice. can just like. I had no idea. I auditioned. I, know, right? I auditioned for HSPVA. Yeah. In my second year of high school, I auditioned to be a transfer student. I didn't get in, but mm. it was when it was still at Montrose. Montrose. I had a couple yes. of friends go through HSPVA because that was definitely mm. if you were serious about being an artist yeah. and a kid in in Houston, that's where you went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or we, yeah. well, if, if you're serious. And yeah. You have if you were serious to access. And support, yeah. yeah and make it your profession. All the right tools to be yeah. able to, yeah. yeah. I'm very glad that you were. For sure. I was. It was a sacrifice. My so I actually my I went to so many different schools growing up because mm-hmm. my family didn't want me to go to school in A Leaf. Um, 
for their own reasons. <laughs> and so I went to schools. I went to nine different schools before I went to high school wow. in Fort Bend in Sugarland. But then I went to high school at HSPVA, and my mom. Pups. Hey, go over there. Go. My mom would get like apartments in Harris County District in order for me to be able to go to school oh, in the wow. Harris County District. Um, and then we would like live there, um, but actually spend most of our time at my grandma's house. Um, <laughs> but like we, we moved to a bunch of different apartments. The, sh- the apartment that I mentioned in my show was the first apartment okay. that we moved to um, my freshman year of high school. So it was a real, it was a sacrifice in that like we had to like move and like you know stay where we needed to stay for mm-hmm. me to be able to go for because like if not then you have to pay an outrageous amount of money yeah. like out out of the district, out of district yeah, yeah. Or out of um, zone which or we yeah. did not have because right. my mom is a single mom right. <laughs> um, and so then we we went we moved there and then I went to school there it was amazing it was incredible I went there and I studied dance but all throughout at like growing up I I was always in theater my mom always put me in like whatever extracurricular theater thing I could do outside of school and then like I did hits my freshman year oh nice what show did you do I did Hairspray at Miller Outdoor Theater and um that was my first speaking role in a play of that caliber I played the hooker oh my gosh (laughs) I'm not familiar with that particular character. No, remind me who that is in Hairspray, because I love Hairspray. Right? right, um, In the jail scene. um, Okay. I forget that. It's not where they have to bust seaweed out of jail, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. I've only seen the movie, and then I saw the live version, but maybe I didn't. No, and, and like it, that, there that scene. Like no one knows that scene, but it's great, there's though. a scene, and I was dressed as a hooker, and my line yeah. was, "Hey, don't I know you from First in Maine?" And ah! when whenever we were doing our like you know the musical portion of rehearsals, um, and it got to that line, it was like, "Oh, who's playing the hooker?" And by now they like all know me <laughs> and like just like my personality. <laughs> and then so someone was like, Oh, Iris. And I was like, Oh my. And everyone was like, Iris? Yeah. Iris is playing the hooker. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's a fun coincidence though, because in Sweeney I was in the ensemble and I played a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really awesome. Yeah. Hookers. Yeah, no. In all I- seriousness though, respect sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kidding, not kidding. I mean, <laughs> it was just interesting because, like, at the time, I, le- I like I had just learned about what sex trafficking was, mm-hmm. and like now I understand there's a difference between sex slaves and sex workers. Exactly. And yeah. right. Sometimes people confuse that in the world of activism, mm-hmm. and that's wrong to do because mm-hmm. some people do do that for a living. Right. Do do. And they I still deserve safety and respect. <laughs> Yeah. So and, yeah, consent and rights important stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was like I said, I was just getting into that world and I was not aware of that difference. I was a freshman in high school right. and yeah. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe I got cast as this, but it's but then from then on I learned that that's my type. People see me as this sexy, exotic woman, um, and that's the type that is my typecast that mm. like I is is what I play to 
um, in the world of theater now. Um, being aware of that, once you're aware of that, then you can harness it. Yes, use it exactly. Your, yeah. And yeah. I definitely yeah. have. Girl, you so do. <laughs> like, you definitely do. And good for you. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad that that was my <laughs> first theater experience. And then, because from there, my next role like that was Gladys in the Pajama Game. Are you familiar with? Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. I love that role so much. Do you know the tango song that's like, da-na, 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 Okay, so that's called Hernandez Hideaway, and it's from the Pajama Game. That's my sophomore or junior year I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I played Gladys, and I sang that song and danced, and like it was one of those like sexy roles. And I, 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 I played with people who are absolutely incredible. I'm sure you're familiar with Wesley Whitson. Um, if he's like a local uh, actor who is so. on fire, yeah. and I just am so excited for his whole career because I've known him since then. Is his Instagram slippery when West? It is. I've, I have, I've been to the Broadway once. Yes. I have a friend, Amanda, yeah. who, who does that every Monday. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I have not yeah. met him personally, but I am. He is I, I know of amazing. Him. He seems amazing. Um, and Certainly. I was in awe of him. Just completely and he was my co-star <laughs> and then the the lead in that show um Ebrin Stanley is in Hamilton now. <gasps> so like these are like uh Wonder- incredible people oh who gosh. I got to play with and the like and Wesley got nominated for a Tommy Tune that year wow. um and him and I got to be the performers at the Tommy Tune Awards <gasps> um oh my gosh I I was like out of like you know mm-hmm. I had performed at the hobby before uh, my mom and I were a part of this like Chinese ballet and like oh all God. of our all of our family friends were also That's part of amazing. it because she found the audition and she huh. like like she was a dancer That's and amazing. your mom's a dancer too yeah that is so awesome she taught, she taught Philippine folk dance oh my yeah. <laughs> no wonder she yeah. passed on such incredible talent to you. I know. That is so, I, know. I should. I mean, I should. I don't know why I'm surprised because I've I met know. your mom and yeah. she is incredible. Just the little, the little bit of her that I've known and experienced. She. So she I don't know why amazing. I'm surprised. Why I know. Am I surprised. I know. <laughs> um, and she got us, and like, because like this Chinese ballet group. I can't remember their name, but the name of the ballet was Beyond Dawn, and they came from New York and like needed. Asian American dancers from Houston to when was join. This? When was it was this? so oh, okay. so long ago. I was seven. Okay, never mind. Because I, I um, was able to go to some like you said that was at the Hobby Center. Because I was thinking about this dance, this international cool. dance thing that I went to at the Miller Outdoor Theater. But that was a few. We years did ago. that too. Because oh. my mom like with we a were, recent one in like no, 2017. No, 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 no. But when I growing up, like when when I like glazed over doing theater when I was growing up like before going to HSPVA, like mm-hmm. how I said my mom would put me in right, theater stuff. Gotcha. I, I meant okay, gotcha, gotcha. like not because awesome. like I didn't like I didn't do hits until I was in in high school. But like before that I was performing at international festivals Hell with yeah. my mom and my best friends. That is amazing. Um <laughs> doing Philippine folk dances or so hula. <laughs> um yeah, so but yeah, so we were a part of Beyond Dawn and it was so cool. I got to do like a I was in the monkey dance where like I climbed on this guy who like he he was the tree and I was the monkey and like 
he had a bamboo Very stick fun. and like the dance was like me climbing like all over him and wow. then like doing like intricate stuff and I got to do that on TV on like wow. a, on a news show one day um so and then cool. I did like stuff with Tuts too like I, I I went to the Humphreys school for a little bit when I was like really really young um around that time like it was right after Beyond Dawn I was like oh let me just like continue doing stuff here at Hobby um so I did that for a little bit and then I did the Music Man at Miller Outdoor Theater oh that's um, one of my fa- absolute wait when was that um I was like eight or okay, nine because I auditioned for the Music Man when uh Tuts when Tuts was going to do it a couple years ago, I auditioned mm, and I did yeah. not get cast, but I did, I went to the audition yeah. and I was so proud of Well, it wasn't Tuts, it was, it was, it was a tra- another traveling company, like auditioning local people. So this whole thing. Well, so, sorry, when it, when, in the Music Man, were you one of the speaking roles of principal? Kids. No. Still, like, the kids do incredible, oh like everyone in the cast does incredible dance, yeah. dance numbers in that show. Uh, it was, I, I can't believe I did that. Like, it was so cool. <laughs> Um, Did you do any of the like original choreography from the? From I can't the remember. Like I was so young. That's so um, incredible to do then, that at that yeah. age, though. I didn't and then, it. and then my mom, like when I say she put me in theater stuff, it was not just like, like then. <clears throat> I did two shows with Houston Grand Opera as wow. a supernumerary, and then I got paid. As a kid, you know? Is yeah. That what supernumerary means. Um, it I'm means learning. extra. Supernumerary oh. means extra. How? <laughs> Did I not know this? I don't know, but that, okay. Super new. Okay, sorry. I, I actually sorry. might be saying it wrong. No, 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 no. You were s- no, no, no. Know. You were saying it right. I wrote it down wrong. Oh, I think I said it wrong. No, like, no, 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 no. Like when it. I was younger, and then I realized that I was saying it wrong, and then now I'm saying it correctly. But I don't. I'm okay. not. I'm not sure. You said it correctly just now. I want to take a quick nerdgasm, wordgasm break to just because this is who I am and what I do, because I'm realizing that you gave me the definition a second ago, and now that I look again at the word, I'm like, oh, of course it means extra. Quick little linguistic break. (laughs) Super, not only meaning like super as in great, but also means like above or extra. Numerary as in like number, like something that is numbered. So supernumerary means like we need extra numbers. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, cause, okay. Cause like there were a ton of us at, I had a, I had at HDO. Oh my gosh. These rehearsals were so cool. Like to just be in the rehearsal space at Wortham Center. Oh, oh and then like to do it with like kids and like we had like a caretaker, like who <laughs> right. like, it was. The, the handler. The, yes. The, the, yes. See, I, I've done shows with like the triple school at Queensbury Theater. So I have been one of the kids handlers yeah. for their like the, the kids in their youth yeah. program, but yeah. nothing on that kind of scale, which yeah. is incredible. It was so much fun. And I did Aida and Madame Butterfly oh my with them. So. Incredible. Yeah, so, so wonderful. You have such an amazing experience and background. I really do, and it's all homegrown too. It's so like fabulous. It's, I I love this city because yeah. it's given me so much, and you I can't. You're such a real like Houston local like artist, yeah. like born and raised. I know. I I love it. Um, but I'm yeah. Gonna, so okay. Well, I just wanted to say that's really important to know that. I've always been somebody who's defended Houston and like extolled (laughs) Houston and said how great it is. And one of the reasons really is because we have this art scene. And yeah, you've got the Wortham, you've got the Hobby, you've got the Alley Theater, you've got these really big venues. Stages. Stages, but it goes so much deeper than that. And so I think it's really, really important (laughs) because I honestly think Houston should be as well known for the arts as New York 
LA and Chicago on yeah. it. Chicago. Completely. 100%. Yeah. 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 And I think that it's in not, not only like music, like uh, fine arts, as in theater, opera, ballet, opera, we are everything. pretty prominent and well known for that. But not only that, um, our recording artists, our oh urban my music gosh. scene. Yeah. We have yes. such a legend when it comes to yeah. hip hop and rap artists. <laughs> yes. I'm not it's familiar true. There with rap artists to name rap. many more like, people than like Bun B. Yeah. But yeah, we, um, we have our own like brand of, of rap and hip hop that comes yeah. from here and I believe that um And we have not been. to mention Beyonce and Travis Scott. It's obviously. Like, <laughs> well and I think the same could be said for uh, for country and, um, as well. There's a Houston or a you know yeah. kind of a Houston, East Texas brand mm-hmm. of country music as well. Right, for, yeah. for country music. I'm yeah, not gonna speak too much absolutely. on that because I don't even, know it, but for sure it definitely Right, and is. that's why I didn't have that's why I Right, exactly. That's why I couldn't say much more yeah, about that. Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's there. I just don't know but much about it. Yeah, we do. And, and as far as, like, the local up-and-coming yeah. artists, we have such amazing, incredible, talented yeah. people. There's um, one Rochelle kid. Gemini. Shout out Rochelle Gemini. If you are sleeping on her, wake yourselves up. Oh, I don't anyway, know her. I need to. I will to. share her. I'll um, share her with I was going to say Tony Stiff, I think is his name. Oh, oh my gosh. He's incredible. Oh, um, and he, like, he uses dancers on his tour from So Real. Um, which is like a local dance studio. Oh, awesome! Um, and so real, two of the m- members from Surreal, because Surreal Dance Crew was on Surreal. So real. Oh, gotcha, um, gotcha. It's a dance studio, and it was a, a crew. It still is a crew, I think. Um, <clears throat> they were on the second season of America's Best Dance Crew, awesome. and two of those original dancers. My mom taught Philippine folk dance too when they were younger, and that was their first exposure to dance. Wow. So when they got on the show, they came to our house and thanked her. <laughs> Holy shit. That is so amazing. Yeah, and one of them came to see my show where I talk about like Philippine folk dance and stuff. Oh my God. And so he, and he's, he's been like one of my like biggest supporters. He's like, Iris, are you still dancing? And I'm like, yes, yes, oh, Kuya Mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is just so amazing. And I love that um, not only do you have such rich and varied experience in the arts here in Houston, but yeah, all those little connections. Yeah. Um, that is so wonderful. Yeah. And like, I, I imagine at least like, I get the feeling that that, that, must give you such a deep sense of reassurance that you're doing what you're meant yep. to be doing yes yes yeah like yeah um but anyway like like we've gotten so off track on the, the question but you know what we're not actually too off track because i do feel that all of this is relevant because because okay, cool, you're cool, our cool. guest and we're here yeah. To, yeah. to have you share your experience mm-hmm. but i want to yeah. i do yeah, yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna let's let's focus on this. i want to go to the arc of like the schools exactly um, that's where because i was, yeah. I've, my mom will tell me like iris like she repeats this over and over again like it's news she's like iris you've always loved school and now you're working at a school mm-hmm. and, and she's like isn't that awesome and i'm like yeah mom it is um because it's true <clears throat> one more I've, reassurance that you're doing what you're exactly. meant to do yeah <laughs> i've never not liked school i've always like been so in love with learning like there's there's never been like a moment where I've been Mm -hmm. like ugh, I hate going to school and I think it's uh, for me partially because of my like Filipino background and my family like raising me saying like education is great and like my family my 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 grandpa was a teacher and like they owned a school called the Lightbringer School (gasps) in Davao. They still own this school. His his youngest um, sister, who's the only 
surviving sibling of his family now who is amazing. My um, Tita Aida, she owns a school called Lightbringer in Davao. And like, so like education has been such a prominent part of my family, especially like writing and stuff. Um, but oh, there we go. Sorry. So you can you can see my world tapestry. I know, I love it. Got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I I went to HSPVA, and the first college that I visited my senior year was University of Saint Thomas because it was right across the street. And when I went there, I, in, in right across Montrose. Right. Um, when I went there, I was like, you know what, like. I went into Jones Theater was the name of the theater and I was like, oh my gosh, there's another Jones. I can say that like I perform at Jones if I go here. Yeah, yeah, like Jones Hall. Because Jones Hall is like beautiful, like this amazing monument in our city. And then I got to say like my home theater yes. in college is is jones because like people would get confused all the time so. right <laughs> not a, so, not the worst kind of confusion no, to, to no. i mean yeah. it, it is for the people who are like mm-hmm. not where they're supposed to be but i loved like whenever i walked into the the theater for like the orientation you know it was like a come and visit our school I was like, okay, that's cool. If this is the theater, this would be my home. And then I learned like what a Catholic private school looks like. And I was like, you know, I think I want to go to a Catholic private school for my higher education for university. And then like I applied, applied to a bunch of different private, u- private Catholic schools as well as like University of Texas in Austin. I auditioned for them through my high school. Actually, like I had an injury and like, all throughout audition season wasn't really able to audition for other um, universities for dance because I didn't know what I was going to be studying in mm-hmm. college. I had a wide variety of interests. Same. <laughs> but I knew that I was very interested in all of them. Like right. I, I applied to different schools. Like one of the schools is St. John's University in New York for theology. <laughs> um, and then I applied to Ohio State University because my dad worked there for dance and they had an amazing dance oh, wow. program. And then I like flew up and auditioned for them too. But then your dad works in dance? He worked no. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool Not too. That would be even all. more. Okay, so my dad worked he's a respiratory therapist therapist. Okay. Um and um he gives people you know, <laughs> I was gonna say that's so important. It's really cool. I I love him and my stepmom and my whole like all of my siblings from him. But um, he worked at Ohio State University medical department um so that he could get a discount on his children's education, honestly. Um, but as a respiratory therapist there, and um, so you <clears> auditioned there. I auditioned there, and he was able to sit in. And watch it, and that was the first time he, and only time he's ever seen me perform live, and he was crying. He was because he was like, "I was, how did you learn all of that so quick? Like, how you, she just showed, like, did you know that dance already?" And I was like, "No, she just showed me." And he was like, "How did you get, like, pick that up, like?" Wow, that's so special. Yeah, that was really cool, but I did not go there. <laughs> and, like, what um, a special thing to, to was, share together. It was amazing. Yeah. I was like. 
this is so cool um yeah and but yeah so like I applied to a bunch of different schools but then I realized like that the University of St. Thomas was for me the number one reason I like I made a pros and cons list mm-hmm. um very smart as you do I in doing so realized yeah I realized that the school that I would go to I wanted to nourish and grow my soul mm. as much as possible and I figured that the best way that I could do those things was that if I went somewhere where I knew for a fact I could grow in my faith and mm. my culture because mm. there was a Filipino student association at this school and so I could continue doing like I could continue the tradition of teaching Philippine folk dances and then Another thing was that this was the only school among the 11 schools that I applied to that had a club working against trafficking, students working against trafficking. So I was like, okay, this is the Catholic private university that I should go to. Like, one of the best decisions of my life because University of St. Thomas is, like, everything to me. Because, like... I went to St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic Church. And then I went to University mm-hmm. of St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. I studied theater and philosophy, mm-hmm. which St. Thomas Aquinas is a philosopher. And theater and philosophy... Maybe, maybe I forgot that you said you studied philosophy. Yeah, but I did. It's like every... I'm sorry, <clears throat> I just want to share this real quick. Um, because it's like, I thought I knew not everything about you, of course, because we've only been friends a year. But I thought I knew a good bit about you. But everything that you continue to share and speak just makes me love you even more. It's like, I thought that I couldn't love you more, but everything you say, it's like, I just love you even more and more. So I'm just gushing. Sorry. Please continue. Uh, No, I mean, yeah, I... Because I love philosophy as well. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah, so... um, He was a philosopher. he, He was a philosopher, and I didn't know that, and I didn't know philosophy, but I didn't know that that's what I had been doing for so long, um, because, like... When I sat in on the philosophy classes, because we, we were required to take philosophy and theology, and mm. when I sat in on those classes, hey, 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 Easy. okay, they're gonna just start playing. It's it's just what it's gonna be. There but, may be dogs playing in the background. Um, but um, I realized like the important questions that they were asking were questions that I would ask myself. We're already asking yourself anyway. All along anyway. through right. journaling Ooh, yes. for years. I started journaling when I was 10 because I wanted like to talk to Jesus in a very intimate way, and that's what I started doing. And then like I also would ask like what my motivations were as a dancer and as wow. like starting at universities, getting into acting specifically, right. I realized that acting and philosophy go hand in hand because as a theater, like as an actress, I'm asking, who am I? Why am I doing what I'm, wow, I'm doing as yeah. an actor? Like for, right. as, for this character. Right. But then philosophy is that in your life. Girl, <laughs> thank you. And I never, so, like I knew those things, but I never, I've literally never made that connection to right? philosophy in that yeah. way before. That's incredible. I know. And Naomi, I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna say that you could probably share a bit about that. Cause <clears> yes. you know, um, Iris, Naomi has a degree in uh, biblical studies and theology. <gasps> we have a oh, lot yeah. of parallels. Already, yes, for just sure. from and, what well, you've and, described. Yes, and we can both tell you that that we were asking ourselves a lot of those kind of deep questions yeah. about you know spirituality and and reality and uh, philo- We were asking ourselves very quite philosophical questions at very young ages as well, yeah. Naomi and I. So yeah. we, can, we definitely appreciate you sharing that. 
Yeah, I loved that you brought up what you were experiencing, but also doing that through theater because I had a very similar experience. I was in school for biblical and theological studies after just a long series of events and landing at the school in Chicago that I did. But I was still doing theater. I wasn't doing it as a theater major. I was just doing it because I love it. I love being part of the ensemble. I love the idea that you're just taking and making something out of out of nothing you are literally creating you're in this this process and that is what god does it's a kind of alchemy that is what god does you are so right so at the the time (laughs) no i like i like soulgasm it's a kind of alchemy oh yeah soulgasms oh my goodness look at that I'm he so like happy. Of her. I'm precious. so happy. They're really getting along, and like, I just want him to be socialized, and so like, that's you know. Yeah. yeah so sorry, it might be a bit distracting, but we are very happy about. We're our dog playing. moms. Yeah. I'm not gonna apologize for it. If. The... <laughs> yeah. But okay, so back on track. So St. Thomas University, yeah. and then take us into your your kind of one woman show from there, if you don't mind. Okay. Um. So I. Well, I wanted to bring it back to where I am now at St. Thomas more because, so I will get into my one-woman show, but I wanted to like... At your leisure, please. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Spirit lead me. Okay, so um, we, like I said, like, okay, so I graduated from there with a degree in theology, (laughs) in theater and philosophy. Um, I got a a liberal arts degree with two concentrations because it's a liberal arts school, which I think is really amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I... I support liberal arts schools if they do it right. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so I got that degree, thought I was going to be acting. Oh, and okay, well, I did my one-woman show what as what I thought was supposed to be a senior project, but having a liberal arts degree and at the time that I, like, went, um, <clears throat> I didn't have to have a senior project. <laughs> um yeah. Mason's tired of playing. Okay. Okay, I'll just hold him. Now. We're just gonna be here. Oh, he's gotten so big. <laughs> okay. So, senior project? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a senior, like, it was supposed to be a senior project, but it just ended up being something that I did personally. <laughs> um, and then, like, as a part of the theater season of my theater program, and it was just the best. But, um, yeah, I'll get into that in a second, because then I graduated... Um, a little while after that, and I thought I was gonna be so like sort of auditioning, um, and then maybe like doing that for a year, auditioning and like hopefully getting into like acting things throughout Houston, staying in Houston for a year, and that even didn't sound like right to me because I was like, I know I'm supposed to be here, but I'm gonna just say I'm staying here for a year because everyone's like, why don't you go to New York? Why don't you go to Los Angeles if you're doing this? You know, blah, 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 blah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I learned in my senior year of college that I loved playwriting because I wrote a play and I had written plays before, but like small plays like from my playwriting class at this university um, from Professor Sam Havens, who was amazing. Um, And then I learned about a playwriting program at the Catholic University of America and I was like oh that's where I should go so I thought I was gonna stay in Houston for a year and apply for that and get into that 
<laughs> and that's not what's happened. Because, um, first of all, that program is a um, very, very competitive program. Um, it's a Master's of Fine Arts program. Wow. And there are two other de- departments in, like, Masters of Fine Arts in Theater at Catholic University of America. First of all, the theater in, at Catholic University of America, CUA, is amazing. Like, undergrad musical theater is, like, w- up there with, like, all the other ones. Because when I was looking at undergrad schools, right. it was, like, on the top ten list, mm-hmm. actually. And I was like, that's cool. But I just, I wasn't feeling called to D.C. then. But I had been to D.C., um for my first fair trade conference like la- last year around, like right after I did my one woman show in and March. Isn't that just can we just talk about just for a split second how that's the perfect time to be in DC is like yes. April like March April yeah, because it was the be- cherry blossoms coming into yeah. bloom the weather is not too hot yeah. it's just like sorry I was not there perfect. like it was too early for the cherry blossoms so I haven't seen that yet but like I I've like I'm obsessed with DC now. <laughs> Um, it's like my second favorite city in mm. America next to Houston. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I went and I became obsessed with the city. And then so I was like, okay, I would like to go there. Also, one of my best friends from college that I like became best friends with like at the very end, um, she goes there right now. She's pursuing a doctorate in philosophy, which is absolutely incredible. Yes. Because I think I've talked to you about her. I don't know, but she's just, like, a super big inspiration to me. I love her so much. Um, And so I was like, oh, so, like, maybe I can go to school with her. And I still think I can because she's still going to be in school, like, whenever I want to go. But, like, like I I was saying, I was talking about this program. So it's – I've learned since I got my job and, like, realized I'm not going to be there within a year because I called them that they only accept every three years now. So, like, they are not even accepting this coming year. So that's already competitive, or like, okay, every three years. But there's, okay, so there's three programs in the Masters of Fine Arts program. There's acting, directing, and playwriting. And they only accept two applicants every three years because they form a company of playwrights, directors, and actors, which is absolutely amazing. Like two of each of those things? No, 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 no. Like actors, like they accept a lot of actors. Well, like I don't know how many actors they accept, but then like a few more directors, but then only a couple of playwrights. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And and so I would love to be there within three or six or nine years. As a playwright? Or would you also be interested as a director or an actor? I... I don't think you can, like, cross. Mm. Um, you can't do all three. I, but let's say if you couldn't do the playwriting, would you want, if, would, if you had the opportunity to do I, directing or... I wouldn't want to, I mean, maybe. Right. Right? I don't know, because I don't know how I'm going to feel in three years. You know, yeah. or six or nine. Right. And, like, yeah. But um, that's what I thought. Like, I didn't know that um, they weren't going to be accepting until, like, later. Because, like, they moved it. Because when I was a senior and about to be graduating, like, it had listed that they were going to accept, like, within that year. That's why I set the limit for a year in Houston. Mm. And then I was like, I'm going to just get into this program <laughs> and, like, go there. Um, <laughs> All the plans we make. Yeah. God laughed at that, for real. I was, I, was, I was depressed over the summer because I was like, what am I doing? How am I going to do this? I'm not getting into any of the things I'm auditioning for. Why am I doing this? And I was auditioning for like big things. I auditioned for the Alley. Story. 
um, West Side Story. I um, and like I was like, what? Am, like and and then I auditioned for a community theater thing, which ended up being amazing. I got into <clears throat> Midsummer Night's Dream as Helena. <laughs> I which I love that role, and I took a Shakespearean performance class uh, during my undergrad, and that was yeah. one of my senior projects, yeah. was one of her speeches. Did you get to see me as Helena? That's okay. That's cool. I wanted to, but I didn't get to make it. You're, you're, you're totally fine. It was it was just, but, like, one of my favorite roles of my life. Yeah, like, I, I was, understand the love for that role. Yeah, it was probably, it's probably, like, my second favorite role to my one-woman show. Like, <laughs> um... Oh no, you cannot go on the stupid. But anyway, so then um, I auditioned for that and I got in and I was like, why am I doing this? I need to be making a living. God, I don't know what to do. Then I changed my question from being, what am I going to do? To being like, he put this question on my heart to be, how do you want me to serve you? Mm. And I, that same week that that question shifted in my heart, I I started Vacation Bible School, my sixth year being the lead Bible storyteller at St. Thomas Aquinas, um, because it's the Bible and theater for children, and so I've led that for six years at my church. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's, that's been really fruitful and, like, enriching personally, because I've got to see the kids that I've, like, been able to help form their faith with, like grow for six years like that's really cool but um then one day like the first day I was leaving early to go to rehearsal and my family friend who works at where I work now um said hey what are you doing I heard you just graduated and she's my Asa she's Filipino and Asa means older sister even if they're not actually your older sister Mm -hmm. And she was like, what's your plan? And then I told her what my plan was. And she was like, okay, well, I'll let you know if anything opens up at our school, if you just want to do something there in the meantime. And then she was like, oh, and the PE teacher position is open, actually, I think. And then I was like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about sports. Why are you telling me that there's a PE teacher position (laughs) open? I'm an actress. What are you talking about? She's like, I'm going to text my principal right now. And then that week, the next day, like, because she was like, called the principal in the morning. So I called on Tuesday, because I was on Monday. Tuesday, I called the principal and was like, hi, I'm Christina's friend. She was like, hello, I've heard so many amazing things about you. I was like, okay, thank you. And I was like, what is happening right now? Because I, I, I don't know what Christina must have told her, because like, she couldn't have told her that I had like experience teaching a child how to, like, throw a basketball into a hoop, you know, because, like, anyway, um, but I called, and, like, I felt really good on the phone call, and then she was like, could you possibly come in for an interview today? And I was like, um, yeah, I think so, and I definitely had, like, an audition later that day, um, but I was like, I had some time, so I went to the interview, And when I went to this interview, I was sitting in the parking lot right outside the building where I would be working, and I didn't realize that, like, that was the part of the school where I would be working. And before I went in, I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Like, like I had so many emotions. Then I called my mom, as you do, and she, and I told her, too, 
that like, I was like, mom, should I be doing this interview? Because I'm an actress and like, I don't know if this is right because a lot of times when I'll take a job that doesn't have to do with acting, I'll quit immediately because it's not serving me to be creative and I don't want any part of it because acting is you do a project, you do amazing things with it and you're done and you move on. And that's my pattern that's in my blood now. And she Mm -hmm. was like, she said this amazingly insightful thing, which is like, Sometimes our ships are like sailing and like testing out different waters and that is good. Mm. You can always test out all of these different waters, but sometimes your ship needs to dock and rest if the waters are good. And I was like, okay, mom, that was amazing. Um, And then after that phone call, I literally felt a wave of peace overcoming me mm-hmm. and then the sky opened up and it started pouring down oh rain like out like outside of my oh. car so I had to like get out of my car oh. and like like and I was like okay god all right then I went into the interview and it was amazing and clearly I have the job now and like it was so cool because like the in, at the interview I told them hey I'm an actress um like that's what I do first and foremost, but I have taught dance to children, so I have experience teaching people in a physical capacity. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> he just slumped. <laughs> um, what time? I also should feed him, but I wanted to like eat dinner before I fed oh, him. Oh, by the way, did you have something in the oven? No, I turned it off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that could have been so we're bad. Good. No, we're good. Okay. But anyway, so, <clears throat> then I, um, yeah. Like, they, I, I was telling them all of that, and then they were, like, then they started asking me, like, oh, would you be able to just, like, teach kids how to do a layup? And I was, like, yes. If someone teaches me, I'm an actor, I can act like I know how to do an, a layup, hey. you know? And so, like, that's, <laughs> like, what skills. I've been doing. Like, this is the role that I'm playing now. But, like, it all ended up, like, you know what you're saying, like, knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. Because then in the interview, the lady was, like, also, would you be willing at any point to, like, talk to our girls about, like, their body image and, um, like, you know, empowering them in that? And I was like, yeah, just a little bit. Speaking to the perfect person. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I've not been able to do that yet. I've not been able to figure out how to do that completely, aside from, like, now I have Pep Squad. Well, okay, yes, I've done this here. I have Pep Squad, which is a group of kindergarten through fourth grade girls that I teach dances to to do at the pep rallies, and I coach them. That's an extracurricular thing. I coach them to do these dances, and, like, I'm always talking to them about, like, being good to each other and, like, mm-hmm. not, like, being, comfor- being comfortable with yourself and stuff like that. So that's, like, where I'm doing that. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, he's just slumped. I can't believe it. But anyway, I'm... It's, it's working. Okay, and then, um, yeah, it's just another another thing that, like, made me realize that this is the job that I need to be doing. Um, I'm going to say two more things about this. So, um, I can't, this is the first thing. St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic School, then St. Thomas University. I decided to work at St. Thomas more because I just wanted more St. Thomas. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love 
And they're two different, like Thomas Aquinas and St. Thomas More are two different people. Oh, two like different St. Thomas. Thomas. That's right. Yeah. yeah but There's Saint a Thomas lot of Moore... St. Thomases, actually, I think. Yeah, there are. <laughs> but Good he, to know. the funny thing is, like, he, okay, this is a, a, a third thing snuck in there. <laughs> um, so two and a half. <laughs> um, he was this man who was a very, like, family oriented man, but he was, like, um, didn't Thomas More write Utopia? He did, yeah. He right, was Utopia. also an Which advisor an to King after. Henry VIII. To King Henry right. VIII. Yeah, in I'm the probably spoiling what you're about to say, but he was do. executed. Yeah. If you ever watch the, uh, the, the series The Tudors, uh, Thomas yeah. More is a character. Um, I forget the actress. Yeah. I think Jeremy something he's in, um, plays him yeah because he's in something else he's in something else that that i remember him from yeah. i just can't remember but what exactly but in the good, good in, show. in the um, protestant reformation that was happening thomas more mm-hmm. was very catholic and um yep. so obviously after king henry the eighth separated from the catholic church he basically demanded that everybody acknowledge him as the head of the church same as they would have henry acknowledged the, the pope henry the eighth did yeah henry the eighth yes yeah uh, would uh, yeah demanded that everybody acknowledge him as the head of the church um, mm-hmm. You know, instead of the Pope, of England, who he was in Rome. Created. So right, that right. was a whole thing. But yeah, Thomas More yeah. was right there. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm so glad you said that because this is exactly what I wanted to say was that his role in that was to say to him, I am your good servant. Yes. Mm-hmm. But God's first. Exactly. Right. So that Standing question. By his own. His, his his faith but that yeah. so like he's he's got the heart of a servant and so that question that my heart was formed to which was Ooh. how do you want me to serve you god right was answered by this uh-huh. like this kind yes. like this location named from this for this namesake yeah. you know so that That's was really so- cool that is so special. <laughs> I, I do want to say really quick that as we're talking about these historical figures, like when I think about the Tudors, I know that that character, there were some things and way, some ways in which they portrayed the character of Thomas More. Um, I don't know how much truth there may be to those, but they, he wasn't always portrayed in the best light, at least in the show that I wow, saw. Okay. And I also do want to acknowledge that as much as we can... Um, uh, idolize or, or at least put historical figures on a pedestal, especially when they have the, the title of saint in front of their names. We, we should always be like, well, they were still human, and, and especially mm. looking at male figures of history, they were still men operating within the patriarchal context of their time. But all that said, it's so incredible and powerful how that was able to be such a special and and like guiding force in your own personal yeah. life yeah. and helping you and to just feel and know that you're on the right path. And, and I want to put a pin in this because Iris, I really do want to ask you a little bit more after we after you go through your uh, the, what you want still want to say. I really do want to touch on the saints and and of course. Mary. Yes. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Protestantism, She's right. She's like, like I, I have a statue of her yes. over there. We're gonna, please, I, I want to okay. put a pin in that Perfect. and come back to it in a little bit. Perfect. Sounds good. But yeah, okay, so this is the last thing that I wanted to say about where I work, St. Thomas More, knowing that like it's what I should be doing, um, was the day that was my first day of in-service. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes, is teacher what? Teacher in-service, Teacher right? in-service, right? Um, 
there was a retreat put on by this man named Deacon David. Incredible man. And it was just like a day uh, or like a retreat. Like he was just like giving us a talk about like our faith and like the importance of like bringing Jesus to these children and stuff like that. And like just having Jesus for ourselves and like praying. And I was like, this is so cool. Like he's talking to us about this and this is my job. This is like, this is perfect. (laughs) But like what made it like so like solidly tailored to me was that at the end of his retreat his last slide on his slideshow was in big letters dance and then he was like because he was telling us about forms of prayer that we should participate in to grow in our like spiritual lives and like our relationship with Christ and so that was his last slide and he was like this is a way to pray let's all get up and dance and he played Louisiana Zydeco music and I was like oh are you kidding me (laughs) God. That is like God. Okay. I was like, this is this is it. This is where you're calling me. This is where you're calling me to serve. This is how you're calling me to serve. Through dance and like prayer. And I was like, okay. That is I've got it. Perfect. (laughs) That is so perfect. So amazing. I wanna like just mention real quick that like I noticed that that made me realize that I have had a what's the word? A, a narrow-minded uh, view of just what kind of people Catholics can be, because that was that was that's not the kind of thing that I would have previously expected from from like a Catholic yeah. deacon uh, in, yeah. in that kind of training environment. Yeah. Um, and Naomi, that makes me think back to the liturgists yes. conference that we went to last June, yes. where um, the liturgists are a group of. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I keep, this has been so up for debate. You keep saying June, but it was actually in May. And I even <laughs> I even went back on the podcast and, and corrected, corrected myself it. when I realized that I was wrong, and I'm still saying it's June. Anyway, funny thing. Yes. That was a funny thing. But even funnier coincidence is we went to a liturgist conference, and a liturgist, they do a podcast. It's this group of people who um, have grown up either, like, in the church or, or very were very, very strong Christians and maybe still are, but going through their own sort of deconstructive process of, like, it's a whole lot. I won't try to get into it too much, but you you would definitely, they're definitely up your alley, the Liturgists podcast, and yeah. they started doing meetups, like conferences, so Naomi and I, they did one in oh, Austin. Conferences. Yeah, they did <laughs> one in Austin best. last but May, Hillary and we McBride. were able to go to it last May, and um, so what we're going to say is, Hillary McBride. Yes. Naomi, you tell it. Go on. So Hillary McBride has often talked about the concept of embodiment. And um, so one of the exercises that we did was just practicing being in our bodies. But the importance of it is realizing so much of our faith and faith lives, we don't actually carry that or live through that in a bodily way way. We often think of our spiritual mindedness as something cerebral or something Mm -hmm. heart centered. We think Mm -hmm. of it as something maybe either living here in our body or it's living outside of our body altogether. And then we're trying Mm -hmm. to connect with it either through the head Mm -hmm. or the heart. But I think it really connected to me because if you think about Christ being Emmanuel, Christ being God with us, it's it's the divine yeah, embodied in flesh. Mm-hmm. And so yes, when we yes, practice yes. living our faith Amen. and praying our way or, you know, any type of just 
being in our body and fe- and yeah. feeling connected to God, I feel like it connects us yeah. to this trueness of being human, right. which is this right. duality. It's not this separateness that we've got our flesh right. and our flesh is yes. evil and we've got right. the soul is pure, which is, right. um, you know, ha- has hung. Right. That, that has that Paul has been cast over Christianity throughout the entirety of it, but that they are perfectly integrated seamlessly together that Christ was the, Mm -hmm. I I was about to say the theater, he was truly God and truly man at the exact same time, never separate and and never distinguishable, but it's so important (laughs) in our, in our Christology to understand yes. that integration was fully seamless and that we're actually invited yeah. to take to participate in that full seamlessness of the human and yes. the divine and to yeah. do that is to be truly human to be right to be the true humans that right. can have a relationship a fully known relationship with right. our creator and Grace I, is having soulgasms. Yeah, I think, yes. And I think that's why, no, that is why I'm Catholic, because there is such an embodiment of that in eating his body. Yes. Being in, in my body. But also, of course, like, there's movement in mass constantly. Like, right, you know, the kneeling and kneeling, the standing. Yeah, which is something that people complain about so often. But <laughs> I have found that that's so much sacrifice and like I am a mover and like Mm. when I am kneeling I would like rather be kneeling and like giving that as my sacrifice and like remembering like uniting that uniting myself in Christ's suffering you know like there's there's so much I am like I grew up singing in the joyful noise choir at my church when I was a kid but now it's just like they call the life team choir but it's made of like mostly young adults like my friends at my church and in this little choir section I'm always dancing like people know me in my church as a dancer because while I'm singing Mm -hmm. I'm also dancing Mm -hmm. and like I yeah like I I worship through dance and so like I get like exactly what you're talking about, and and as you yeah. as we were saying this, I'm actually having more uh, things come to mind that that are connected for this because um, this is something that we can share with you, our Father, um, who are in heaven. Just yeah. kidding, not not quite where I was going, but it worked. Um, no, Naomi, um, our Father, Naomi and our Naomi and my Father, he um, wrote a book in which he, um, his purpose was to try to, um, to sort of, uh, explore some of what he thinks are misconceptions of evangelical Christianity. So we don't, Mm. we're not going to get too much into our dad because this is our podcast and we don't need to talk about him that much because our beliefs are quite different from his, but I bring this up because it is something that I believe he had a point in, even if, the way that he may want to use that point is different than how I may want to explore it just now. But okay, let me get to that point. So in in that book that he wrote about misconceptions that evangelicals hold, one of the biggest ones that he um, focused on was how the term worship is used. Because, um, and this was something that as a a language person, 
I did really, really appreciate because mm -hmm. um, he came to this position of like, hey, evangelicals are misusing the term worship because it's like, hey, come to our worship service. We're going to be in the worship hall or the worship sanctuary or the worship center. You know, um, I'm on the worship team. That's the worship pastor, blah, 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 blah. So when he was writing this book, he did a lot of research into, you know, the, the original uh, etymology. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I know that word. I just forgotten a second ago. So thank you for reminding me. The original etymology and um, yeah, the original how that word was translated originally from Greek, the way it was used in the New Testament. And so come to find out worship, the way that it was being used in, in the Greek and the New Testament was the way it would translate in English would actually be to prostrate. Yes. So, yes. so not so. Um, that was the way it was most commonly used. That's because that is to say that depending on what you're looking at, how many different you know, and he actually did quite a, a good job at, at researching this and putting his uh, his data in that chapter, from what I remember. Anyway, so so he had this whole kind of thing about how hey, we're saying worship when we're talking about like a band playing and people singing along and maybe raising their hands, you know, right? Mm -hmm. At least in a lot of evangelical spaces. But um, he, he really made a point of like, hey, what it would mean to really be worshiping would be like using your body, would be yes. a much more of an embodied yes. way. And yes. is, you know, that is I so mean, cool. It is very that cool. It's so such cool. a fun connection, isn't it? It is. I'm, and yeah. I, think, I think that it's like a part of my like gift of wisdom. Mm. It, like, because like one of my friends asked me the other day, like, what, are, what do you think your gifts of the Holy Spirit are? Which I thought was a really cool question because no one's asked me that before. <laughs> so I was like, is, Thanks, friend. Thanks for asking that. Um, and one of them is wisdom. Or, like, if I'm being honest, I've always thought that that was, like, the number one thing, obviously, mm. because I studied th philosophy. So, <laughs> um, yeah. and I think that, that, like, what you're saying is just, like, a piece of wisdom that he's giving me, yeah. like, like, just, like, through my life. And I yeah that's so incredible yeah. and there were other quick little connections that i was making as you were um talking about how in mass the movement that happens in mass that made me think also about um in islam their prayers how they they yeah. kneel and they're they're constantly like rising and then kneeling and rising and then and um, bowing and and you know bowing yeah. and raising and i also thought about yoga um, because yeah. yoga is also, it's yeah. not only a, a physical practice, it is a, yeah. it is a meditation, Dude, I'm a meditation. it is a yeah. spiritual practice yeah. and you know, you can have varying beliefs about who, who your divine is or what mm -hmm. you're doing there that can all be, you know, differ from person to person, mm -hmm. but there's so much with the breath and the movement and the embodiment, the breath, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, respire. Yeah. So anyway, we're and having breath time. is very important I in the Jewish did a yoga unit tradition this as year well. In PE, um, teaching the kids yoga. Teaching. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I taught a yoga unit in PE um, to the kids right after I taught my ballet unit, which was awesome. Um, and then like it, during Shavasana and like all throughout the different poses mm -hmm. um i would like okay our mantra like for the entire unit is jesus i trust in you because that's the message at the bottom of um the divine mercy image is jesus i trust in you or in mm -hmm. polish Jesu upam tobie mm -hmm. and so i was like jesus i trust in you jesus mm -hmm. i trust in you. and i was like yes we're praying yoga yeah. breath holy spirit <laughs> yeah. probably the only yoga probably one of the only places you can go to a yoga class and have like specifically jesus be like yes which is yeah. so cool yeah it's very cool yeah <laughs> And it's and well, I would say that the kids like secretly loved it because they got to lay down for five yeah. minutes and then like think about Jesus and like 
that's something they never do. Yoga for kids, I think, yeah. is like one of the best ideas, and I think it's just like one of the best things that yeah. ever. I'm really about. grateful that my co-coach like yes. encouraged me to do that. He, yeah. I heard about um, people doing yoga <clears throat> in schools, in especially like inner city schools, and specifically with a lot of the kids who would have like who would be put to detention or put in mm-hmm. time out a lot, and like yeah. specifically doing yoga for like those kids especially and it's been like incredibly helpful yeah, 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 yeah. so I, I as soon as I saw that you were doing that um in your class I was like yes Iris yes <laughs> okay so we went a lot of places just now yes. and they were all very good important yes. places to go but okay <clears throat> back to I think we're right about your uh, talking about your show, show right yes okay cool. okay um <clears throat> so and one Divine woman show Mercy Witness. yes it's called Divine Mercy Witness and how it came to be was like I said I thought I was supposed to be doing a senior project and I had I was taking voice lessons from Eric Domeray who ended up being the director Mm -hmm. um and he was my professor my acting professor who taught me my first university class which was acting 101 and Mm -hmm, taught mm -hmm. more techniques than this but the one that stuck with me was Sanford Meisner's technique of acting living truthfully under imaginary circumstances and I took that and ran with it um, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm living truthfully in realistic circumstances in my life as a Christian, so I just need to translate that to the stage. And so Eric had like a profound effect on me because he taught me that and like, he was my voice teacher over the summer after I had just gone to Poland. And I knew that our theater season coming up was kind of on the fence not really sure what we were going to be doing and so I was like hey what are we doing in the spring at this slot for mm-hmm. our theater season and he was like honestly we don't really know because he also wrote a play he did an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. that I played Jane oh, in, yeah yeah and he won best new play with Broadway oh, World yeah. we were running up against each other for best new play <laughs> um which was awesome to just be nominated on broadwayworld.com yes, so cool. bo- for both of us but um he and I, like, he was teaching me voice lessons, and I was like, okay, what is what is in this slot? And he's like, I don't really know. And I was like, crazy, crazy idea, because I had just seen La La Land. Or, no, like, I, La La Land came out the year before this, and then, like, I went to Poland. And <clears throat> when I watched La La Land, I thought to myself, oh, she wrote a one-woman show. That's, that's what I need to do, right? Like, okay, <laughs> let's do that. And so... <clears throat> I presented him the idea during the voice lesson, like, what if I did a one-woman show? And he was like, would you do it? Could you do it? And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was like, okay, well, yeah, let's ask our, like, Miss Mack, the director of the theater department, and we'll see if we can. And I was like, what do I even write about? And he was like, Poland. Because, like, I had been talking to him about my experience in Poland and leading up to Poland. Like, he knew a lot. Not everything, but, like, a lot of, like, my struggle with getting there. Like, it was, he just knew a lot of the ins and outs of everything. And he was like, Poland. And I was like, oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then I did it. Um, I was commissioned to do it at the beginning of my senior year like okay this is on the schedule and I was like okay and it wasn't written yet but like then I started getting into the world of theater outside of school like as a professional actor I didn't 
act at school that first semester senior year because I was auditioning for things outside of school to start making money outside of school and to start getting my foot in the door in the Houston theater scene. So I did um, Mr. Burns at Obsidian Theater and met some amazing people there who were really inspiring. And I was like, I'm supposed to be writing a one-woman show. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then I think I did another show. Yeah. Um, the Great Exchange at the Deluxe Theater with Wow, I can't remember the name of the theater group, but that was an amazing experience. But then I did Noises Off at Inspiration Stages. And that is primarily the time that I started writing because then it was my um, winter break. Actually, I had started writing before then. Like, there were nights where I would go, like, there was this one night in particular where I got, like, most of my initial writing done. I went to House of Pies by myself with my journal and wrote. That was a really cool experience. It was so hard to like isolate myself from people and like go somewhere without internet, but like somewhere that was inspiring to me, mm-hmm. but also like being by myself and forcing myself to do it. Yeah. Um, that, but that was really cool. I'm really glad that I did that. And then, <clears throat> so like I had started it, but I was not nearly finished at all until winter break and I was writing during the day and rehearsing for Noises Off at Night. It was the time of my life. I was like, I need to do this for the rest of my life. Write and rehearse. That is so fabulous. (laughs) Um, Then I wrote 60 pages. I ended up with 60 pages worth and I told Jeff, I was like, hey, could we maybe have like a reading or something? That never ended up happening. But like, he was like, wow, you got 60 pages? And I was like, yeah, I've never written anything that long in my life. Like, I've never written a paper for school that long. Like, I've never been required to, but I just, 60 pages came out. That's a lot. Then it was editing, 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 editing. That's when I learned that writing is editing. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I just cut this and that and that. And then rehearsal started in January with Eric Domeray because the play was in March, um, in late January. And then um, I was cutting and adding all throughout the rehearsal process, which was really cool because that's not something that you get to do typically um, with so much ease because was, everything yeah. is like copywritten and stuff. But it was mine, yeah, so, so you I had could so do much it. Control during that process. And freedom, you wow. know, and like to just do whatever. The it was so cool and it was so personal Mm -hmm. and like my friend Dylan Smale was the assistant director and um stage manager and then Diana was the assistant stage manager who was really like my like comfort buddy like she just like did everything for me like I love yeah so (laughs) it takes a village it does it was called a one-woman show but it was not a one-woman show my current um roommate was the lighting designer and sound designer oh wow and it was bomb it was yeah (laughs) people were really amazing i was just about to say people will not like talk about that show without talking about the lights Mm -hmm. like they it was it was the light lights were incredible and that's like her thing she's going to grad school for lighting design and she (laughs) it's great because that's what she's supposed to be doing in her life like she's so good yeah i have i've only like shallowly tiptoed into lighting design just via being a lightboard operator mm-hmm. and then 
thankfully being able to do enough OTT <coughs> to learn how to do design here and there. Yeah. So um, I definitely appreciated the lighting that was going on there. Right. And that's a yeah. fun thing to. She's she's so I'm so happy for her. Her name is Ashley Perfect. Para. And who I guys. were yeah I still haven't met your roommate unfortunately. I know. Yeah. I thought I had, but no. Okay, <laughs> soon one day. Yeah. But anyway, um, <clears throat> then we did it on March first through the third which I thought was really fitting because it was the third month of the year and then it was running for three days, one, two, three, and three, then three, all three. is the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then it was sold out the last two nights um, and I got a standing O every night. Of course you did. And mm-hmm. it was the best thing I've ever it done. It was so great. And I'm doing it again. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm really so excited to see it again. I also want to see, I'm excited to see like what changes. Yeah, or just to it'll, see it it's going to be space. completely different and oh, it's in a I'm different so space. It's going to be in the Aquinas Center. <laughs> so perfect. I know. Um, and it's going to be directed by Kathleen Brown, who is one of the co-founders of Artists AF. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was able to see you in that that uh, show where you did a dance as part of Artists AF. Artists AF. And I loved yeah. that. That was really cool. And the initial Artists AF event, which is Artists All Female, yes. um, founded by <laughs> Kathleen Brown, um, Callie Tame, Caroline Donica, and Iris Loxamana. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Um, I pray that I said all of our last names correctly, um, but we have a Facebook page, Artists AF, Artists All Female. Are you one of the founders then? I'm one of the founders, Hell yes. yeah. And um, the, we, the first event that we put on, what was the name of it? What was the name of the thing that you went to? This is why we can't take you anywhere. That sounds right. Um, or, yeah, I think the first one was this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, so, and that one doesn't oh. sound familiar, oh, right? Oh, so the one that I went to wasn't the first one? Oh. No, it was the second. So we, we had two, oh, okay. like, performances. We've done other things as Artists AF, but, like, that was our second, like, performance night, which is cool because we've had multiple, you know? That's, that's good. Awesome. I'm afraid I don't remember exactly the title of no, the show. No, that's fine. But, but um, the first one, I did a 10-minute excerpt of my show, um, oh, nice. the Edith Stein part, and it was Caroline and Callie directed that and it was more movement based and there was repetition and it was amazing i'm so grateful to have done that um yeah and i'm doing it again should i like do my plug now would you tell us actually tell us a bit about because obviously you don't give your whole show away but oh, okay. tell us a bit yeah. about the themes because I, right. I think that's going to be a nice segue into okay. our next topic is cool. talk talk a bit about the themes that that um that divine mercy witness is centered around Aside from, obviously, Divine Divine Mercy Mercy Witness, or Divine Mercy. Yeah. um, Okay, so Divine Mercy is a devotion in the Catholic Church. That's really the best word to, like, sum up all of it, because it's so much. It's so much. Um, It's an image of Jesus um, with the words, Jesus, I trust in you, um, as a signature at the bottom. That is Jesus's signature that he asked to be there. Um, he appeared to a saint named Saint Maria Faustina in Poland, and well, to she was a sister, and like my show is about my experience with learning about that and my growth in my devotion to it because it's also a prayer um, that you can pray using rosary beads and my mom taught me that prayer and I have a miracle story in my show 
that proves the power of that mm-hmm. prayer. And I have, well, I guess more than one miracle story in my <laughs> show. Um, I had, I took a trip to Poland as a study abroad philosophy trip because it was a class about Carol Wojtyła, who is Pope John Paul II, who was an actor and a playwright, <laughs> um, as well as like one of like the coolest popes ever, who's now a saint, and he was Polish. So we took a trip to Poland to really learn about his philosophy and his culture, and it was life changing because I like well, you got to see the show. <laughs> um, plug yeah. for the show. And so. What did you say? Yeah, plug for the plug show. Plug for the yeah. show so that's really to find out more. Yeah, um, I have an Instagram account called Divine Mercy Witness, and there's a Facebook event for it. And yeah, so it's just at Divine Mercy Witness, and then if you search on Facebook, Divine Mercy Witness, the show Facebook event will come up, and it's on April 28th, which is Divine Mercy Sunday. Yes! At 3 p.m., which is Divine Mercy Hour. Yes! Yeah, so that's the Sunday after Easter at the Aquinas Center. So that is so powerful with all of the the power of three. Yep. The power of the Trinity, which that that power of that, I mean, the power of numerology is recognized (laughs) and studied in various different, like, world cultures and traditions, not only Mm -hmm. uh, as the the representative of the Trinity within Judeo, well, only Christian, not the Judeo part so much, but within Christian um, tradition, but yeah, also all kinds of other number things, so that's just so powerful, and um, so um, something that I remember from your one woman show, and this is not giving it away either, but this is going to lead us to like our next topic of discussion is sort of, I remember that uh, part of your show you were, um, and this was one of the part that re- one of the parts that resonated with me most strongly as young women is you talked a lot or you talked a bit about, you know, being a young woman and being um, devoted to your faith but also having a human body and having human urges and having human sexuality and being a young woman and wanting to like feel the freedom of being able to to be full and free in your sexuality but also having such devotion to your faith Mm -hmm. and where that that some tension comes up and where Mm -hmm. that can be difficult Mm -hmm. to balance yeah and so i want to ask um if you might want to share a bit um and also i love that you reiterated that I, or I love how you said that the best word to use to sum up what Divine Mercy is, is you said it was a devotion, because mm-hmm. literally what I wrote when I was writing my questions for you, this is what I have right here, is um, I wanted you to go into the tension slash challenge of living out life in such devotion to both <laughs> faith and feminism. <laughs> yeah. And if you're comfortable to share, um, if you might want to share about you know how you or you, your journey in being an agent of your own body and your own sexuality and being sex positive mm-hmm. and how, cause I, it's, it's very, it's, it's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Having so well, much faith and it can, it can seem complicated. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wonder if you would share about how, how the challenges that may come up or, or just yeah. how you find a way to live that out being feminist. And as far as I could tell, being quite sex positive, mm-hmm. but also being, you know, a devoted Catholic. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I can't separate any of it. Right. Um, I am feminist, like, because I'm Catholic. (laughs) I love that. Um, Because we, like, 
we recognize human dignity and that that is human just just humanity period <laughs> like and uh, it's important to respect human dignity um, in males and females and that that looks different um, for like that like there, there's a difference between femininity and masculinity and that both of those things should be embraced equally yeah. um, and that both of those things are beautiful um, but also Pope John Paul II JP2 as we Catholics lovingly call him <laughs> um, was a feminist and he wrote Theology of the Body, which is really the first... I know about this. I don't, I don't want to necessarily use... Oh my gosh. Yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really the first time that anyone in... Mm, I was, I was going to say the first time that anyone in the Catholic world has talked about sex, but that's not true. Um, but well, Probably was, in the modern, in, in, at least in, the in modern, modern yeah. Catholicism. But yeah, because like Augustine was Saint Augustine was like a sex addict. Well, like oh he, gosh, like there. Okay, there's. <laughs> but then he became Saint Augustine. But okay, so um, Pope John Paul II really, I don't know much about theology of the body, but he really like moved forward this conversation of talking about sex in a positive light, like not. I, like I was saying that I don't want to necessarily use the term sex positive because I feel like that implies like different things from what sure. I'm what I'm implying. I'm, I'm positive about yeah. the fact that sex is beautiful and amazing and like should not be seen as something that is perverted. Right. Like I think that's a very I think that's a very fitting description of sex at least as um, okay cool cool from cool. where I'm yeah. coming from as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, different definitions for different people. So perhaps. like. I, I love the the church's stance on this that I've come to understand through him mm-hmm. um, because what he's come to understand about like like about sex <laughs> what he's come to understand about sex is like just respecting human dignity right but mm-hmm. like something that he said was that like, the woman is the model for all of humanity mm. um, in her caringness and compassion and, like, love, you know? Like, that's how humanity is, like, like leaning toward, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Today during Mass, the priest who was giving a homily was a missionary priest, and he was talking about St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> he was talking about how, like, he was like, St. Thomas Aquinas, probably the greatest mind in Catholic, in the Catholic Church, then possibly the world, <laughs> um, has said that, um, wait, I wrote it down. Um, oh, good. <laughs> all people want to be happy. Hmm. And s- several people have said that, right? But like in his writings, that's just like a simple, si- seemingly simple, but like profound statement, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like, that's what JP2 means in the idea that like, the woman is a model for humanity and compassion and caring. Like we like associate happiness with things like that, or I do. And I think humanity does naturally like being held and embraced and like cared for, you know? Um, And so I can't not love 
women right for like being that model and the church has taught me to do that by telling me that there's this amazing woman who birthed God (laughs) (laughs) Um, at 14 and like did so knowingly Mm -hmm. and like willingly and beautifully and didn't may not have realized that that meant that she was going to do so eternally Mm. but um she did it and she gets to help us pray for things and like understand that as this beautiful model um and so like that's what I mean when I say that I am feminist because I'm Catholic it's because my mom is that model for humanity (laughs) so and when I say my mom I mean mama Mary and my mom (laughs) so Iris I I really actually did want to ask you specifically about this because I think coming from a very Protestant centric background the honor honoring of Mary is something that is so confusing for us oh my poor gosh, Protestants. I'm so happy that you said that. It, it truly is. And I've actually, uh, my roommate's Catholic, so we've talked about this a couple of times and, and you know, but I have friends and I, 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 have a, I have a pretty wide swath of friends in various denominations of Christianity, but mostly in Protestantisms and mostly here in Texas, of course, we're kind of some version of Southern Baptist or Southern Baptist light, <laughs> non-denominational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a lot of With separation. At least, you know, in my experience growing up, there was a lot of separation from Catholic theology. And then actually, when I started mm-hmm. getting my biblical education, there was a huge return because, uh, you know, my professors would teach about tactile prayer, praying on the rosary, and then um, the traditions. Mm, and we, tra- we talked about uh, you mentioned consub- uh, transubstantiation before. Did I? Well, you mentioned mm. eating the oh. body and blood oh, of right. Christ. <laughs> so the mm-hmm. the fancy <clears throat> schmancy right. name is, of course, transubstantiation. Yeah, I love yeah. uh, where mm-hmm. well, that's transubstantiation is his the bread becoming um, becoming the literal um, the true body of the Christ, true body right. of Christ. Yeah. Fun etymological. Fun etymological breakdown. Substance, right? Substance as in food. Would you do me a huge favor and bring my water if you don't mind? Thank you. I'm getting parched. Fun little etymological breakdown of that word transubstantiation for any of my other nerdgasm, wordgasm people out there. (laughs) Uh, Substance as in food, right? Something that uh, you subsist off of. So there's all kinds of linguistic relatives there, right? And then trans as in crossing and then also trans as in transformation. So not only, yes, not only like moving as in substance energy, energy in this case in the form of food, right? Um, moving, but also trans as in transformation, as in that food is being taken in one way and becoming a whole different Thing. I'm having word gathers and word gathers. Yeah. How fun. Okay, and now Iris has her Bible. Yes, yes but, she does. But I wanted to ask about Mary in particular because 
Yeah, because there is such confusion I've have encountered with um, other Protestants, um, you know, saying like, do Catholics worship Mary, see Mary on the same level as Christ? And, you know, my response in the past has been like, no, Mm -hmm. there's this honoring there. She is really kind of, as I understand it with, through my conversations with other Catholics, um, that she's really kind of the, the, the head saint, is am I wrong? Yes, that's exactly. No, you're not at all. Um, so first of all, I wanted to say that like your first thing that you said in this question was that like there's been so much. You wanted me to address the topic of Mary because there's been so much confusion yes. with it, and like I got really excited because so in the Annunciation when Angel Gabriel talks to her to say like oh you're gonna be giving birth to God hey by the way <laughs> sorry what hey by the way just so you know oh yeah yeah giving yeah, birth yeah. to God heads up okay well in there he says um, hail full of grace the Lord is with thee right which is the beginning of our prayer yes. hail Mary, hail full, Mary. Of grace. full of grace the Lord is with thee but she was greatly troubled at that saying. And I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone in the world is greatly troubled by this saying. It's like, are we praying to her? So, and even her herself was greatly troubled, you know? And she considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angels said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And so there's the, you know, the news and stuff. Um, and then, oh, here there's like a note that the words of the angel are drawn from messianic passages in the Old Testament. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just was like, whenever I read that passage recently, I was like, whoa, even Mary found it troubling. Even Mary found that, that statement troubling. Wow. (laughs) And she's Mary, the one who (laughs) we're saying that she's like hailing that she's full of grace. And he, cause he hadn't, she was already troubled. He hadn't even told her that she was going to be pregnant yet. No. She was already like, oh, what's going on? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But like. So human. Yeah. I so appreciate that. I love that. She is. She's human. Exactly. And like. Oh man. She's having revelations. (laughs) Revelation. And she's like in revelation. Like, yeah, she is. Oh, and I've like, I've not. Okay. So I've not gone through the full, the, the New Testament personally, like completely I have of course like with the church like in the liturgical calendar heard it all my life but like I'm going through it on my own right now and I'm just now on revelation um for like but I'm so I'm excited to get through revelation because like I'm excited to see her um Mm. and like her impact on everything but like it's saying hail full of grace is just saying the truth she's full of grace she's full of Christ yeah Mm -hmm. Christ is grace and and mercy and love and she's full of love she's woman she's full of compassion you know Mm -hmm. like it's just saying like hey you're great it's just like saying Mm -hmm. like oh I appreciate you Mm -hmm. you know but of course it's like got that extra like she's giving God so it's hail you know from an angel yeah Yeah. and and what you're saying is absolutely correct we just see her as you know the mom of God Mm -hmm. so she's probably like the closest person that there ever was or will be or to, is to, to God because yeah. she birthed him. <laughs> so, yeah, in heaven she is 
the highest saint because she birthed God. Like, like how can that not be? Yeah. Like, so yeah, why not ask this person who's like super close to God to like talk to him for <laughs> who, us? She, like, yeah, who God existed within her. Oh, sorry, I'm having revelations as I'm saying this. Not only did God exist within her as her, but he also existed within her, within her womb, growing inside her. I know, I know. It's just, like, like I, that's what I'm saying. just the power of that before. Like, I, I thought I had, but I had a whole new realization of that just now. And that's sorry. why, and, like, and also, like, the Holy Spirit, like, I've talked to you about this, too, like, the Holy Spirit being recognized as, like, this vessel of wisdom, right? And wisdom is Inner always, knowing. wisdom is always referred to as, like, a, a feminine yes. being in yes. scripture, and then, like, the Holy Spirit, yes. like, filled her to get, conceive Jesus, like, how can you not be a feminist <laughs> in this, like, with this as the truth, you know? Yeah, Ooh, that's such a great point. Yeah. So it's, like, anyone who loves God, who loves Jesus... You should be a feminist. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, this is actually two things. Um, one, we are we just finished going over the book of Proverbs in my Bible study. And so <gasps> talking about <laughs> wisdom and the wisdom yeah. woman and the... Or- Oh, I could go into the whole order of the Hebrew Bible and how it's different from our English Bible and the Proverbs 31, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. so many thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. But number two, really more important to what you were saying, the Greek Orthodox have a... they also honor Mary not quite they don't quite venerate her as much as the Catholic Church does Mm. but the word that they use for Mary is the Theotokos Theo I knew you were going to say that yeah 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 yeah. and it literally means the God bearer and it honors Mm -hmm. her that word honors her just as you described it that there was a human woman who bore, who carried God inside of her. And that's a really yes. special thing. And so my, my yes. hope is really, I want Protestants to, number one, just stop being so weird about the Catholics worshiping Mary thing, because that's not accurate. Mm-hmm. But number two, actually mm-hmm. gain a little appreciation beyond just what we hear about Mary at Christmas time, because we really don't honor her at any other time mm-hmm. in our liturgical calendar. Yeah. And, and I, she's in... I think that's really, I think we're really missing out, to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, she... I've not, personally, I've been missing out. Hmm. I have not known her, noticed her uh, until, like, very recently. I I mean, like, you got to go to the restroom no, or something? No, sorry, I'm just stretching. Okay, mm-hmm. but um, I, I learned recently <laughs> that, like, she... This is something that is used to describe her is that she's the one who's always taking care of the details Mm -hmm. and that's something that she's always done in my life and that Mm -hmm. I didn't realize and acknowledge and appreciate until recently, but like it's so much of the truth. And how I came to recognize that, that she's always taking care of the details is literally through my mom. Yep, there's Mary. (laughs) I've been looking at We have a little figurine here on our dining room table. Here, I'll show you. Oh, yeah. 
This is oh, uh, I love it. I think this is our Lady of Fatima. I'm not really sure, but like she's always here. But yeah, um, so she, um, I <laughs> was speaking to my friend David's mom named Brandy, and um, she was telling me, or I was telling her about how my mom has always like followed me. Like I went when I went to high school and college in Montrose. After she would get off of work, she would go to daily mass at Holy Rosary, um, which is like right near there at 515 so that she could be around me whenever I would get out of school. Perfect. Um, I knew she was doing it for that reason, but, and I found it super annoying. And then now that I started working here, I have a 530 mass. And then she started going to the 530 mass. And I was talking to this about, to, about this to Brandy and she was like, that's beautiful. She just comes and meets you where you are just because she wants to be with you where you are. And as soon as she said that, I was hearing that description about Mary. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And then in Mary taking care of the details, you've witnessed my mom cooking for my parties. Yes. (laughs) So that's like another thing of like mom taking care of the details. The chicken adobo, it was incredible. Yeah. So like, and I also was thinking when you were saying that, that how special, especially when she was going to the mass, knowing that you weren't going to be there, but you'd be getting off work afterward. I also, it came up to my mind was like, oh, that's really great. Cause not only is she, it's not like she's just sitting around waiting for you to get off work, you know, she's she's making herself disposable to be able to like help you in your transportation. But I was also thinking that like, she's investing that time in herself and her own spiritual journey. And that's such a great example. And that's because there's no better time. (laughs) Well, and also that's so important for moms, for, for women, but especially women who are mothers who have so many demands on their time, um, to have you make that time for themselves. And, uh, or, you know, she might think that it's her time for God, but you know, like I see that as that's her own spiritual self care. And that's oh, so yes. important, especially oh, yeah. for, for mothers <laughs> and especially for single mothers, just yeah, knowing how yeah. many demands there are on their time and how much of their time yeah. has to be spent caring for others. That's yeah. so, so important. So yeah. I love that she continues to be an example yeah. in the way that she takes care of herself. Yeah. An example for yes. you. 100%. percent One thousand. Like, yeah. We love you, Mama Laksamana. Yes. Laksamama. Laksamama. <laughs> her name is Nanette. Oh, maybe I did know that, actually, yeah. now that you say it. We love you, Nanette. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we, I just love everything that we've been talking about here. So, as you were talking about how you are feminist because you were Catholic, I think that that is so, so special. And I'm so, like, happy that your spirit, that that has been, do not eat her Bible. <laughs> it's the living word. He wants to, <laughs> you try to consume, he wants to consume the body, blood, name. soul, and divinity. Oh, my God. Jesus this is so Christ. special. This is so perfect. So, even Iris's puppy is trying to get his daily bread. <laughs> Right yeah. now, by yeah. eating her Bible, this is so, oh, this is so wonderful. I know that I just I feel in my entire being that I'm in the place where I am was meant there. I am meant to be right now. Okay, so so I was going to say and yeah, but just to to offer a bit of juxtaposition, I think that it is so uh, it's so uplifting. Um, I'm so happy to hear that there are young women like yourself mm-hmm. who your faith has actually been integral part of developing your sense of feminism because Mm -hmm. the thing I I know for myself that was quite a different experience Mm -hmm. in terms of 
-hmm. how I was raised and conditioned through the church to be a young woman and what the church for me was telling me that that was supposed to look like. And, and I feel like Naomi, that's, you know, that's common for both of us. Cause we, we do talk about purity culture and yeah. how unfortunately a lot of what we were being, you know, there's so much from my faith and, and growing up in the church that I still love and I hold on to and is such an important part of who I am and is what, what has made me who I am. Yeah. But I, I acknowledge all of, unfortunately the, the harmful conditioning, um, and, and maybe this, this speaks to some of the differences between certain types of evangelical Christian Christianity versus certain types of Catholic Christianity. Because I also, like, I had a very different idea of, Christ, of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, you, um, just knowing you and getting to know you and what, how you live out your Catholicism and who you are as a Catholic and what that means for you has given me quite a different picture, <laughs> which I am so appreciative of and, yeah. I, and I love. But yeah, I am... I, I, for a long time, it seemed like Catholicism was even more strict and even mm. more oppressive mm. on femininity. Mm. Um, mm. That was unfortunately the impression yeah. that I that I got for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, Naomi, I don't know if you want to speak to because well, we do talk a bit about purity culture. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to teach juxtapose your experience. It really. I mean, because I grew up with some of that same conditioning as well, just as you were saying, because I I feel like faith when you're young is meant to be this set of rules, kind of like a playground where you're like, create your boundaries and you create this set of rules to live by. And, but I, I found, and Iris, I love that you brought up the questions you were asking when you were young. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like I did the same thing I, at 16 mm-hmm. and 17. I was asking, what does God want for women? And, uh, what should I be, what mm-hmm. should I be working towards? Mm-hmm. And of course I thought the answer was, was to live in this conditioned environment that we were being told to stay pure till marriage, marry just one person forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, not to say those aren't terrible, terrible things, but when I got into my education and really learned about the Bible, learned about the history of the church, I would say very similarly, I became a feminist because I saw God reaching for women first, not because I wanted to align myself. I was very resistant. What started to change for me as well was that my education was really teaching me a broader understanding of God, of the Mm. biblical structure, Mm. of the church history. (laughs) And so I saw God reaching for women and interacting with women. And of (laughs) of course, as I was growing up, what my understanding of feminism as it was taught to me was all in association with the so-called liberal agenda and so i was very <laughs> resistant to call myself a feminist because i thought quote, if i did quote. so i'm aligning myself with this whole right. wow. this whole system quote, of belief unquote. but right the yeah. further i got into it the really i believe oh that's not actually true at all and 
Right. There is because a liberal agenda is this fictitious thing that is not actually an, a, an actual belief system at all. It's anyway, not. Yeah. Um, it's something that whole, people that have coined in order to vilify other people <clears throat> exactly. and other people's beliefs. In order to so keep people from really going to college, to be quite honest. <laughs> I went to a liberal arts college, mm-hmm. a Catholic liberal arts college. And that's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just <laughs> like, uh, I think it's a term that's been dirtied. Yeah, but definitely. Like the word, the etymology of the word. Just like feminist has been dirtied yeah. and, and been skewed. But like, you you know, it's just like liberation, liberating education, knowledge is, mm-hmm. is liberating and like freedom is. Yeah, that both the, you know, liberal arts has been misused and. and well, just the, and also... just the term liberal. Has right. Been, yeah. Right. But, but really the, the thing about it is feminism all feminism is is the belief that the sexes are equal and mm-hmm. if we go to and i think the theology of the body as uh saint uh saint john paul ii yes oh my gosh i haven't been calling him really because i'm still not used to it's it it's really centric on genesis one and two pre-fall theology i, I don't know if i'm Ooh. correct on this but my but from what i understand and my own personal interpretation of the Genesis poem is that God put human in the Garden of Eden and then split those split human in two. Mm. Even if even if human was anatomically male when it existed in the garden, it was not male until female existed. Ooh. It did not what did it mean for Adam to be fully formed male if Eve was not present. He was Uh not male. He was just human. Yeah. But yes, yes. There is also the more mystical idea that perhaps there was an androgynous human being and then God said, okay, let us, let me make for you a helper. Let me actually split apart so that you are not alone and then created the sexes from there. And then post resurrection ascension we have these beautiful accounts of well even in 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 the ministry of christ we see the inclusion of women being lifted up we see saints like mary and martha of bethany we see saints like mary magdalene and then you go into she's my patron she's my saint name we go into junia and phoebe and priscilla and this litany of women who are responsible for literally getting the gospel out into the yes. world. Priscilla, this beautiful <laughs> eleva- elevation yeah. of what was women. the name of the? What, I, I I think about the specifically um, the story. Was it Rahab? Who, Rahab was the prostitute yes. who smuggled who yes. um, smuggled the two spies out of yes. the city of Jericho. Um, and so that they could take over the city, right? Yes. And I thought about that example um, just because specifically, not only is she a woman, but she's a sex worker. Mm-hmm. And God and chose she was to a Gentile. use a mm-hmm. sex worker and a yeah. Gentile. She So oh, I could go into a whole sermon right now, but th- that's such yeah. a huge example. Was of, that in the Old Testament? I believe, <clears throat> yeah. That's such a huge example of God not only choosing what what so many people especially in modern day christianity might refer to as the other 
That is who God chose to carry out his work mm-hmm. is literally exactly. the last person that, that they would expect. Yeah. I think why someone will classify that type, that person as the other is because like it, the, the, like a sex worker mm-hmm. is in, is, is in sin. Right. And like you're From right. their point of view. Well, in sin, like mm-hmm. in, in terms of like the commandment, right. Of like. I guess that would relate to the adultery commandment, but like, yeah, right. so there's, there's some hashing of words could be had there, so, but yeah. But G- Jesus, you're right. Like used what a lot of people would term as the other to like spread mercy and mm-hmm. like you know and but I think something something that I thought about for a while is like. How I've, I guess, like, identified as what a lot of people would call the other, like, for most of my life. Um, but, like, I realized recently that, like, being the other is, like, in, 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 in the Gospels, when, whenever Jesus is seen interacting with tax collectors and sex workers or anything, he's meeting with them to eat with them and dine with them so that they turn to him mm. it's a it's a it's a 180 it's, it's not it's to... because it's not like okay they're he's eating with them and then they're gonna go continue doing it whatever it was that was that they were doing but they are switching yeah. to him yeah. away from whatever it was that they were doing. a path towards a better life if nothing yeah. else yeah, yeah definitely a path towards a better um, life and the then word... another thing yeah, the word repentance literally means yeah. to turn away. Exactly. That's that's and what that's I, yeah. what Christ says. It's like repent and follow me. Coming and, from, if you look at another word, sorry, another etymological tidbit there, pendulum back and forth. I think that's where the pent the pent part comes whoa. from. I could be I could be wrong. That's actually literally just a guess that came to mind just a second ago. Go um, ahead. Another thing that I wanted to point out because you brought up Eve is that um, in the church we see. Mary is the new Eve, of, and of course, mm-hmm. Christ is like the new, the new Adam. Adam. And um, so the, the the song Ave Maria is Eve flipped. Ave. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That's how I felt whenever I like learned that. That is, an, I'm having so many nerdgasms and wordgasms during this time, y'all. This is fantastic. Yeah. Y'all, we had a great time talking with Iris. We had such a great time, in fact, that we recorded with her for almost four hours. Uh, So I was able to cut that down to three and some change, but we still wanted to split it in half to make it more digestible for you guys. So make sure to check out part two and listen to the rest of our discussion with Iris Bloxamana. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can check us out on Instagram at WTOF Podcast, Twitter at We Turned Out Fine, Facebook at We Turned Out Fine, and you can go to our website at WeTurnedOutFine.com. Thank y'all so much for listening to We Turned Out Fine, and if you're enjoying our podcast, please remember to share, tell some friends about us, give us some feedback on our website or our social media, and please rate and uh, review on Apple Podcasts if you would. We really, really appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye! We turned out fine.